Health care is broken, and the healthcare industry is not going to fix itself. Reconstructing Healthcare is a podcast series where we interview the rebel entrepreneurs working tirelessly to disrupt the health insurance marketplace. Join us as we break down everything that's wrong with the current healthcare system and provide you with a blueprint to create better results. Now, here's your host, Michael Maneri. Hello, this is Michael Maneri, and I want to welcome everyone to the Reconstructing Healthcare podcast. Today, our guest is Dr. Kristen Dickerson from Green Imaging. Kristen, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. You bet. So here's the game plan. What we seek to do here on this show is challenge the status quo and educate our audience on non-traditional methods to either lower their healthcare costs or improve value for their employees. Sound like something you'd like to help with? Absolutely. It's what I do all day. I love it. So to get us started, I'm going to read a brief bio about you and green imaging. So our audience has a little bit of context about who they're listening to, and then we'll jump into the interview. Sound good? Perfect. Dr. Kristen Dickerson is the founding partner of Green Imaging. Dr. Dickerson was born and raised in Texas. She is a graduate of Baylor University and University of Texas Medical School at Houston. Dr. Dickerson did a clinical internship at St. Joseph Hospital in Houston and her radiology residency at UT Houston, where she was a chief resident with extensive training in cancer imaging at MD Anderson Cancer Center. Dr. Dickerson practiced 13 years at Diagnostic Clinic of Houston, where she served as two-term president of the 50 Physician Clinic. She currently practices radiology as a partner in Radiology Group of Houston. She founded Green Imaging to provide affordable, high-quality medical imaging for uninsured and high-deductible patients in Houston and has rapidly expanded the company to provide services throughout the U.S. Dr. Dickerson is passionate about spreading the word that patients and employers do have great, new, non-traditional healthcare coverage options in the emerging free healthcare marketplace. All right. Anything else you'd like to add to that? Sounds pretty accurate. <laughs> All right. So Kristen, you're a physician. We've interviewed physicians on this podcast show before, but certainly not the majority of who we talk to. So I'd love to get into your personal journey from being a provider to transitioning into being a healthcare entrepreneur. Tell us your story and what motivated you to launch Green Imaging. Well, I went straight out of residency to a multi-specialty group because I never wanted to have to deal with the business of medicine. I thought it was great if I could practice radiology and they could do the business part and that was it. And after I'd been there about three years and we did full angiography in those days, we were taking hospital call, you know, nights and weekends. I had little kids, you know, that was a sacrifice. Um, The new billing manager called me into the office and showed me a huge box of what we called yellow tickets. And they were the tickets for the hospital services we provided. And the hospital was not providing us with the demographics so that we could bill most of those exams. And so literally there were millions of dollars in yellow tickets sitting there that we could not collect on. And so I decided I had to get into the business of (laughs) medicine right there. And so, you know, we certainly dealt with the hospital very quickly. And the next year I was on the executive committee of the clinic and then I was two-term president. Meanwhile, along the way, we figured as a radiology group, the technology was evolving such that everything was becoming digital and we needed fewer radiologists. So I started farming out our radiology group to cover other centers and we formed our own radiology group. And down the line, you know, that evolved into radiology group of Houston. And as I was practicing and the multi-specialty group ended up selling off their radiology services, they were in a battle with a hospital. The hospital wanted the radiology site. And so they ended up, you know, kind of selling us out, which was fine. We had another practice by that point. 
And so as I was practicing, I wanted to be back in that kind of situation where I was in control because just contracting with an imaging center, you don't control the quality all the time. You don't control your own hours. You don't control anything. And so I decided to open an imaging center and everything was so expensive in Houston then. Deductibles were skyrocketing, but everything was geared toward the international travelers who came to the Texas Medical Center. And when they needed imaging, you know, it was going to be $5,000 MRI. And the other thing that was happening was the traditional insurance companies were trying to ratchet down the costs with the outpatient imaging centers. You know, they were offering sub-Medicare pricing. And so all the imaging centers went out of network. So there was just not availability for people to get our 21% uninsured, especially to get affordable imaging in Houston. So I was going to, you know, be the champion and open this imaging center. Well, that was three to $4 million in uh, debt I was going to have to somehow acquire. And so I decided instead, that was in the days that Travelocity was coming out and there were a lot of resellers of care. Most of the imaging centers we were reading for were about 50% capacity. So I decided to buy the unused time in their imaging centers at a discount and pass that savings along to consumers. And so in the traditional setting, an imaging center contracts with radiologists and the imaging center provides the scan and the radiologists read it and they pay a flat fee to that radiologist and then they bill globally. Well, we do the opposite. We buy the scan from the imaging center, we read the study, and we bill globally, which puts us in charge of the collections, puts us in charge of the money, puts us in charge of the whole equation, and we're able to pass that savings along. And so we kind of reversed that model, and we started 2011, the idea for this emerged, and 2012, we really started putting it into place. And we were initially mostly a cash pay network, self-pay patient network. When I was president of Diagnostic Clinic of Houston, we were a self-funded employer. So I understood the concept of self-funding. I understood that we took as much care outside of our Blue Cross Blue Shield plan as we could at a discount, you know, if we could provide it or some strategic partners could. Even back in those days, we were incentivizing our employees to stay outside that plan and hold down the cost. And so I always had the idea that this could be a preferred imaging network for self-funded employers. And that has really evolved over the last three years. That is greater than 50% of what we do now. I love it. So going back to the story there, you know, you were planning on opening a facility of going into debt three to four million. And and instead you flipped it to really try to buy the excess capacity of the local imaging centers around you. That's green. Yes. We're not brick and mortar. We're using existing brick and mortar and we're saving money. So it's a double play on green. All right, cool. Well, we are going to dive into the business model a little bit, but I want to take a step back and talk a little bit on a macro basis about our healthcare system. So you know, we're about four months into our COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, we have many parts of the country uh, opening up and businesses who are impacted trying to figure out how to get people back to work. And almost every business that we're talking to is preparing for a recession and forecasting significant impacts to revenue. What hasn't changed is the upward pressure on health insurance costs and the vicious cycle of employers who are stuck in fully insured products with limited options for controlling costs, which usually results in a cost shift to their employees of some sort. So before we get into the discussion about your company, you know, I'd like to hear your opinion as a provider and someone who's trying to provide solutions in the marketplace. I mean, what do you think is the biggest issue with our current healthcare delivery and payment system that continues to yield high inflation year in and year out? The biggest, uh, there are plenty of problems and there's plenty of blame to go around, but the biggest problem is really that 70% of doctors are employed by or subsidized by hospital systems. That means that 70% of care all the way through the chain of care 
is happening in hospital systems. And we know that that's three times or greater more expensive than the care under the guidance of an independent physician. And that's really the problem because if we get rid of that, you know, there is a percentage of that that needs to be done in hospital systems. There's kind of an argument whether that's 10%, 20%, somewhere in there with great DPC or primary care in place, you know, it could possibly be just 10% belongs there. But when you start doing the math there, we get down to a really affordable cost of healthcare. And I'm seeing employers doing this and being able to give this care to employees at no cost and still spending less than they were before. And it's just fantastic. And I think we're seeing that shift. I think that's hopefully the silver lining of COVID. You know, I think there will be some silver linings to COVID. Certainly, it's sped up or accelerated a lot of different trends. And I think it will challenge employers to start looking for more creative solutions, you know, around outside of of traditional models. Let's discuss the diagnostic imaging segment of healthcare for a second, because that's your expertise. I think it's worthwhile to give our listeners some context about what's going on within that segment. So can you describe to us what's happening or what has happened over the last decade in diagnostic imaging that's really driving higher costs? Yeah, I mean, part of it is that these referring physicians who are owned by basically hospital systems are incentivized in how they are paid to keep the care in the hospital system. And that's really ugly. And literally, I have seen x-rays from Texas Children's Hospital, one view of the tibia in the $600, $700 range. You know, that is 10 times higher than our rates in the same community for the same exam. That didn't include the radiologist's interpretation as well. So the hospital systems, the quote-unquote not-for-profit hospital systems are are a big part of this. Now, they feel it's very important to keep cutting-edge technology. Well, we know most cutting-edge technology doesn't improve things diagnostically. There are a few things that it does. But if you look at European countries, you look at Asian countries, they're using 1.5 scanners 1.5 Tesla MRI machines from 25 years ago very successfully with the same kind of diagnostic accuracy. Now, we know that you can get more patients through on a 3T. And so, actually, I looked at a GE brochure for a 3T MRI the other day, and it said nothing about improved image quality. It was all about faster throughput. So, all about getting more patients through there and making more money. And so... Yeah. So, you know, there is that issue out there. Now, the really cool thing is there are AI companies who are, we're actually beta testing one, the one imaging center I own in Houston. We are beta testing a software that actually improves the image quality and that decreases the imaging time on the scanner on an older scanner. And so that's really fantastic. So we're excited about that. And the images are not diagnostically different. They're prettier. And, you know, when a referring physician sees that, that's great if the images are prettier. Does it make a difference to me reading an MRI of the brain? No, it doesn't. But still, I think everybody wants to see the anatomy beautifully. And it's easier for somebody who is not a radiologist to look at an image that's prettier. So that's one of the really cool things that's happening. So that's one issue out there. The other is radiology groups. And I understand the dilemma of split billing. If we rely on an imaging center to pay us a flat fee for imaging exams, you know, their collections are usually two and a half months down the line. Then they pay us. If they're struggling financially, they've all been at 50% capacity, you know, these last few months. We're the people who are not going to get paid. And so we're not really in control of our own financial situation in that setting. So that's why radiologists choose to split bill. That's why that surprise bill shows up. 
So what, just for our audience and even my edification, what is split billing? Okay, split billing, if you get an imaging bill from a hospital, it actually may have 10 different items on it. But the two primary items are the facility fee or the scan itself, the technical fee. And that's just the technologist taking the scan on the machine. And then there's an interpretation or professional fee that the radiologist charges to read the study. Now, those two together are called a global fee. And a lot of outpatient imaging centers actually bill globally. But the private equity radiology groups, there's more and more consolidation in our space. And they're saying, no, we don't want you to be in control of what we get paid. We're going to split bill. And so we're going to split that apart into the technical. You build the technical. We're going to build the professional. And there's also a very strategic way that they do that. They wait two, three months down the line, or they sometimes play with the calendar because they want the hospital or the imaging center to have to collect the deductible. And it's much easier for them to collect from the insurance company than it is to go back to the patient and say, hey, now you owe me $500 for this interpretation. So it's all very strategically. And that's why we really call it a surprise bill, because frequently it is several months down the line before you get that bill. And they strategically send it after the fact. One, it doesn't surprise me, but I think it's just another example of healthcare organizations seeking to game the system to maximize their own pockets, much to the detriment of those payers. And for those two components, right, the scan and the interpretation, what's the price variation like that you see in the marketplace? Okay. Um, we see scans pay the, the technical service, the scan itself, anywhere from uh, some outpatient imaging centers have, if you just take what Blue Cross Blue Shield is going to give you, you know, it may be at Medicare rates. And the crazy thing about Medicare, using Medicare as a reference for imaging is that continuously, if somebody takes some money away from somebody or gives somebody money in Medicare, it has to come out of somebody else's pocket. Well, imaging has for years been the place, you know, has been the pocket for that. And so E&M codes just got to think about a 9% increase this year, the doctor examination codes, and it came at the expense of radiology. So I think an MRI of the knee is down to $237 global with Medicare which I charge 250 at my cash pay center and I can sustain that. If I have to buy a new machine, I'm not going to be able to do it for that. And so it's really not sustainable pricing. It's really gaming the system that, you know, they know that the hospitals are going to charge the self-funded employers multiple thousands of that. So that's the bottom range is typically going to be Medicare. And then the other thing that happens there is insurance companies actually Well, the traditional insurers will say, okay, you get two exams on the same day. We're only going to pay you half for the second one, which means that, you know, $400-ish, you're getting two MRIs, which is ludicrous. At the top end of that, we see in the self-funded healthcare plans, I've seen MRIs that are actually adjudicated going 5,600, especially in Boston, the big hospital systems there. But what we also have found when we were doing the analytics through a BUCA plan for a school district in Florida, when we did the claims analysis, we found 600 CTs and MRIs. This is a group of 10,000 members, mm-hmm. 600 MRIs and CTs that were billed just with hospital codes, not CPT codes, which is actually the standard. And Cigna says, okay, that's okay to just bill with hospital codes if it's a hospital patient. Well, they didn't have 600 hospital patients out of those 10,000 people in that time frame. So it bothered me. And those MRIs and CTs were billed out up to $39,000 and paid up to $39,000. You got to be kidding me. Yeah, at taxpayer expense. 
And so finally, I was telling somebody this story and he said, oh yeah, he said, this is what happens. When you've got a hospital and an insurance company, the insurance company wants more discounts from the hospital. So they say, okay, you take these deeper discounts and we're going to change the claim edits over here so that it comes out financially neutral for you. So it's once again, one of these dirty games and it made a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, hopefully the school district is going to want to go back and try to, you know, do its fiduciary duty and take care of this. But how devastating is that for a family? That's just it. All this stuff happens between the hospital and the insurance company, you know, where they're trying to figure out a net neutral deal. But how devastating is it for the employee who has to get the MRI and may have a high deductible plan and has to pay $2,000 out of pocket or 4000 if they have a big deductible for something that realistically could have cost less than 500 Absolutely. Now, I'll give a personal example of my wife. She needed a, an MRI of the abdomen and, and we have a high deductible plan here at Alliant. And so we're going to pay the first dollar amount, right? So her specialist referred her to this place. The physicians, they don't know what things cost, right? So yeah. they're just trying to help the patient. So I don't really fault the physician. But I said, before you do that, let me just call. Let me, let me validate what the price is going to be. And of course, it's a nightmare to try to get to that. But you know, finally, we did. And they were going to charge $2,500. And so I said, okay, great, thanks. And so I called around. We have a nice little tool that allows us to compare. And I found a place a block away that would do it for $500. Right. I mean, it's just, it's incredible that that exists. And we've talked about this on a, with other guests here, but that's the system that we have. And without anyone looking out for the benefit of the employee or the, the payer, we're going to have extraordinary waste. Absolutely. So I think that's a nice lead into the green imaging product and service. Let's get into how are you guys attempting to kind of solve this problem of price variation within the imaging sector? Well, you know, there is market pricing. So, you know, I discovered that along the way. I really wanted to have a standard price. And that's not real because the reason I can charge $250 at Model Imaging Center in Houston is because I'm in a strip center, you know, on a main, on a major site, have a, this busy road on the side. I'm not in the medical center. I'm not in the Texas Medical Center. I'm not in the gallery area. And so there is tremendous market variability in overhead. And then just what the market will bear. And for an example, in Boston, they are having to do the Mass General and Boston Children's protocols on those exams because the referring physicians are expecting the same protocol that they see coming from those hospital systems. That's twice as long on the scanner. So there's huge market variability in imaging. And the other thing is I don't want to lock people in because, you know, helium prices are variable. Labor is variable. Um, We've got just so many market forces that what I do is I let the imaging center set their pricing. And it's based on how much excess capacity they have. And right now, it's a really good time to be contracting with these centers. They're all very interested. (laughs) The ones we couldn't get to talk to us before are now, you know, jumping on the phone with us the next day. So, but I would say our differential is about 100%. You know, I think there's about 100% variation. So, more than that, but okay, so three times. Um, Well, hold on. Let me validate that for you, right? Because I gave you a data set with about 1.5 million in diagnostic imaging expense that included MRIs, CT scans, x-rays, and ultrasounds from a large metropolitan area. And you came back with what your average cost is across your sort of book of business, right? Right. And in aggregate, it was about 48% less. Mm -hmm. So that would... Fall in line with what you just said? Yeah. And it can be, it depends on what cost containment's in place already and how educated employees are. 
certainly we've been able to achieve 60% savings compared to the self-funded plan in the Central Florida School District on which we just wrote a white paper. 60% with during COVID, and that's difficult for us because some imaging centers are shut two days a week. Some have been temporarily closed because they have a sick employee. Some of them, you know, the ultrasound tech gets sick and is out, or child gets sick and is out for two weeks. Yeah. So we have not had our usual cost containment in that network. And we've had to use some hospital systems because of that. But we still achieved in the first six months, 60% savings. I think we'll be able to go to 70% by the end of 12 months. And, and that's, you know, it was 627,000 in six months for that school district. So hopefully we'll get, I'm shooting for 1.5 million in savings for them by the end of the 12 months. So that's it. pretty typical for us. Now, I think people that might be listening to this, you know, you hear the savings numbers and I think it makes sense. I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong. The, the reason an imaging center is willing to pay less than they might receive through a traditional insurance reimbursement is because they're not at full capacity. And so you're leveraging that situation to actually create a little bit of competition in the marketplace. Is that it? That's it. And there are a couple of other reasons. We also are really able to steer a significant volume. You know, in the old days, imaging centers went out and found referring doctors and got their loyalty by providing great service. Patients are steered so many different ways, you know, by their insurance or because their doctor's now in the hospital system. It's harder for these imaging centers to get that kind of referral base. So we're actually bringing them, our imaging centers in Kissimmee, we're probably, one of them, we're probably sending 15 to 20 patients a day and we're their best referral source. Yeah. And so, you know, that starts creating value. I mean, we actually went in after we got the contract in Kissimmee and got better pricing from some centers. We're also reading all those studies. As radiologists, we like to assure quality across the network by reading as many of the studies as we can. And when we have that kind of volume, I'm working closely with their, the Rosen Health Center is actually running the school district's nearsight clinic. And so I'm working with those referring doctors and providers to make sure that they're getting the right exam up front. Yeah. Makes sense. And, you know, I would imagine, I know there's always a delay in payment, right? When you're billing traditional insurance, are you guys able to pay them faster than maybe the typical, you know, turnaround that they might get from a BUCA or, or a TPA claims administrator? We do. Our plan is eventually to pay at the time of service. You have to be real careful because there's some things with ERISA laws, like we can't collect in advance of providing the service. And there's some things there we have to be really careful about, and we need to make sure the exam is interpreted by this time. So we actually, in our new enterprise software, we're going to be able to pay very quickly. Right now, we pay within two weeks of receiving their claim. And so it's great, but they don't always get the claims to us all. But (laughs) the interesting thing is, you know, we don't want to disrupt their typical workflows. And so typically, they're getting us the claims two months later. And now that's picked up during COVID when everybody needs more better cash flow. But but I'm always surprised at how archaic the systems are where they're not getting those all within a couple of days. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit about network, right? Because this is, you know, I have a national audience here across the country, right? So for somebody who's listening to this, they may be thinking, okay, great. Green imaging started in Texas. Sounds like they got it, you know, talking about a customer in Florida. Do you have the ability to work with employers in any geographic region in the country? We do, with the exception of one state. We will be in the next several weeks, we'll be in all states except New York. The malpractice situation in New York is very limiting. We would have to have a large employer or union to really justify that, a a whole new policy. And, you know, and and we're just not that enthusiastic about it right now (laughs) during COVID. 
So it's not where we're going, but we have about 1,400 imaging centers we will have by the close of- And when you say imaging centers, relationships with those imaging centers. Relationships with those imaging centers, exactly. They don't say green imaging on the front door. Yeah, that's correct. (laughs) (laughs) We would love it, but not going to happen. But if there is a patient, say somebody, you know, has a, is divorced and has kids in Alaska- And we do have a couple of centers in Alaska, but if we don't have a center near that person, we're going to shop for care. If we have a direct contract with an employer or a TPA or a cost containment company, we're going to go find the best value for that patient and pass that savings along. So that's how we accomplish that. And that's how we actually grow our network. Right. So I think the bottom line is, you know, based on where the employer is and where those employees are, whether it's, you know, local or multinational, I mean, you have the ability to go out and find imaging centers with that excess capacity and kind of bring them in for that employee. Perfect. So tell me a little bit about how the billing works, right? You know, you're buying this excess capacity, the employee goes to that imaging center, the scan gets done there, gets sent to you guys, you do the interpretation, and then you're obviously going to pay the imaging center. So you've got to bill either the TPA or the employer. So, So how is it current working today? It depends on the relationship, but everything is centralized with us. We, you know, we've gone to the effort of contracting with these 1,400 entities so that the employer or the TPA, whoever at cost containment company has one relationship. And which so, is yeah. which is us. And we have a wonderful concierge staff. If you look at our Google reviews, they're called out by name over and over again. We want to be everybody's best healthcare experience. We've had two reviews where they said, you are our best healthcare experience. That's our goal with every patient. And so that's the thing we're really proud about. You know, patient care is the bottom line of this. As yep. much as we talk about the rest of it, the patient care is key. And so all the scheduling is centralized. We've got this great app. Basically, if you take a snapshot of your order and text it to us within 45 minutes, if there are no complications, you know, if your doctor's order is good, we can get you scheduled Then you've got a voucher and you're ready to go. Now, of course, if you want to pick up the phone, you can get us, you can get on web chat, you know, you can get to us any way you want to. But we do, that is the quickest and easiest way. That's really been a life changer for us. The same for the claims. Everything goes through us. We can actually do custom benchmarking. We can do a claims analysis like we did for you and show you your own savings from previous claims data. Or we have some national data that we can use for that. And yep. we have it down to you know all the major carriers. And we even have a good reference-based pricing claims data set. So we can even compare to that. And it depends on... The best way to use green imaging is a bolt-on plan like vision or dental. You know, we stand outside of the traditional healthcare plan and alongside. And in that setting, you've got the best savings, but you're also not, it's not going against stop loss. Now, when you're paying $350 per CT scan compared to $3,500 in the traditional plan, doesn't matter. You know, the most somebody who's a cancer patient is going to have that chest CT four times a year. That's twelve hundred bucks. You know, that doesn't add up. Yeah. So that's the best way to use us as a bolt-on plan. We have situations where our contract is with the employer, and the employer pays us directly, and the TPA is not even involved. Usually, the TPA wants to be involved because they they end up rolling us out to their other employers. So the other way is that we have a contract with the TPA that binds all their employers. And we contract that way. We also work with cost containment companies, many of the major cost containment companies and some defined benefit healthcare plans. So there's flexibility. And I would imagine when you're billing the TPA, they can capture the claim level detail in the utilization, which is important. Right. Got it. So let's go back to, you alluded to it a second ago, but I want to talk about the member experience because 
having you available is great with those savings, right? But really for the employer, the ultimate savings that gets realized is totally dependent upon the ability to steer people to green imaging, right? Absolutely. So, Because otherwise it's just, it's potential savings and it's unrealized, right. right? So what do you do to help an employer guide employees to green imaging and drive that utilization? We have co-brandable materials to use up front that we actually customize for that employer. You know, plan design is key to this and and we really haven't spoken to that, but zero out of pocket works best or sometimes even their shared saving situations. But zero out of pocket is really easy for people to understand. The worst plan design we've ever had rolled out was somebody who called it a $375 copay. And which most of our exams don't cost $375. I said, that's by definition, not a copay. That is a maximum out of pocket. And their plan language even says copay. And I'm just like, they said, our compliance people did this. And I'm like, no. No, you screwed it up. Yeah. And so that has not been a successful, that, that has been a challenge from the beginning. But zero out of pocket works really great with the school district that they just thought mid year, not at re enrollment, they get this gift from their employer. Now they're going to let me have this imaging at zero out of pocket, you know, and it doesn't matter if it's a diagnostic mammogram or a screening mammogram. That's one of the really worst policies in healthcare where we're paying for a screening mammogram and health plans and not a diagnostic. So the woman with a lump in her breast, you know, has to pay $400 for a mammogram while there's more gaming in the system because of that. I just read a mammogram this morning. A woman had coverage for a screening mammogram and not a diagnostic. And she's going to have to go back and get a diagnostic and an ultrasound. So it ends up costing more in the long run. But to that effect, we actually customize these materials depending on the situation. We explain that this is going to save your employer money and hopefully improve your benefits and salary down the line. And then we also have monthly newsletters where right now we're emphasizing continuing your mammographic screening We're emphasizing the relative safety, the measures that these imaging centers are going through to assure safety. People are waiting in their car until they get a text and then they're going in. They're not having extra people accompany them, scanning for elevated temperature, using a COVID survey to make sure they haven't had exposure, requiring sometimes COVID tests, you know, if somebody's had an exposure. So we're really bending over backwards to assure them of the safety because I think it's been a 60% drop off in cancer diagnoses since COVID started, which means all these people are going to have worst stage disease when they're actually picked up. Because they're not doing the diagnostics. Yep. Right. What I'm encouraging is that you go to your primary care doctor and say, what is the relative risk? I can't tell you to go do it because I don't know what your risk is in your community and what your background is, but we're certainly encouraging people to have that discussion. Yeah. And so on average within your book, how much of the the diagnostic imaging in total do you think is being steered through green imaging at this point with your current clients? About 50%. And that can increase. One of the things that we're doing with the school district is they are going to be moving to an independent TPA. And so they're going to have their own custom network. And so they're referring doctors who are not sending patients to green imaging that are sending them through the hospital system are getting letters that say, which if you would like to be in our new network, please steer these patients to green imaging. So there are a lot of creative ways oh, to love get that. that steerage. Yeah. I love that. That's mm-hmm. Isn't that cool? <laughs> it's a crafty little strategy. Right. So you mentioned a lot of consumer satisfaction with the process and the member experience. Do you guys track any member feedback like NPS scores or anything like that? We don't have a formal NPS score, but we receive 6% more 
reviews in general than the average healthcare provider. We hover around 4.9 stars and people are more likely to give a negative review than a positive review. So the fact that we're getting all these positive reviews and we're increased is really a great indicator of our success in the customer service. Well, and I think people probably like the $0 Absolutely. Uh, copay as well. So how many employers are you currently working with or maybe total lives in your book of business that you're currently servicing? Well, interestingly, during COVID, we have pretty much doubled that. Our best estimate, we don't know with all the cost containment companies. And the other thing is we noticed that some of our employers are moving from TPA to TPA within our system. And we've even had benefits cards that where somebody has two or three of our different, you know, they, they could be covered by us in three different ways. Yeah. Our best guess is about 250,000 lives now. Great. One of the things we haven't talked about is fees. So how are you guys getting compensated for the service you're providing? Well, in the setting of, we still read 85% of the exams that for which we bill. And so in that setting, we're doing what I told you, where we're the professional component. And mm-hmm. so we add that in and then we bill globally. Um, in the setting where in a region, the radiologists have exclusive contracts, it's a radiologist-owned center, and that's how they generate their revenue, we mark the exams up a transparent average 20%. That's what it really, it seems to be the magic number for keeping our concierge service on point and being able to do the analytics and the claims processing. Got it. Makes sense. So charging for the interpretation and then, you know, markup on the fee to cover the uh, overhead expenses that you have. Right. Perfect. And so for an employer to offer this, there's no PEPM cost. There's, and oftentimes I, that can be a friction, right? From, right? from adding a new benefit. So the cost is built into the claims that will be billed to the health plan. Right. And, you know, that can be a malaligned incentive, and it is in a lot of healthcare systems. But in this setting, the way that we get renewed next year is by holding down cost. So actually, our incentives are aligned in that setting. And so it works out beautifully. Uh, Yeah, agree wholeheartedly. Look, at the end of the day, if your fees are built into the claim cost and your claims cost is 50% less than the other guys, well, I think that's a win-win. Right. So Kristen, we've talked a lot about imaging, diagnostic imaging in your company. What are you most excited about right now in your business? Any improvements or enhancements that are in the works for the future? Yeah, we do. We're rolling out an enterprise software right now that will enable us to eventually use bots to really direct patients to the lowest cost providers in our network where we can. We're also actually during COVID, we're asking, say, in the school district, we're saying, hey, you know, your closest site is five miles away, but if you're willing to drive another five miles, it'll really help out the foundation that's sponsoring this care. And that kind of bringing the patients in and getting them involved in the whole process, that is super to me. That's how we all win, because when patients really start seeing this as a benefit, not as a cost, but when they start seeing healthcare as a benefit that their employer is giving them and they give back by being willing to go down the street and not down the hall, you know, I think that's a much better way to provide care. Yeah. Well, I think it's an example of what needs to happen. I think the notion of deductibles and coinsurance, it's the wrong incentive. We're actually penalizing people when they actually need to use healthcare services as opposed to rewarding them and giving them the tools to make the right decisions. So on this show, we talk about misaligned incentives and aligned incentives. And I think how you structured it here is more of an aligned incentive with employees where they can be rewarded for doing the right thing. Right. Okay. Well, let's see. Kristen, if there was one question that I should have asked you, but I didn't, what would it be? 
Okay. The question is, what else do you see happening? And what else do you see happening in self-funded healthcare plans that are going to be game changers? Is that fair? Fair. Yeah, that's a good question. I think near-site clinics and on-site clinics and DPC are a tremendous opportunity to provide better care. We are actually much better as radiologists. You know, my background is multi-specialty groups. And I know when the doctor comes in and says, she hurts right here, that I'm a better radiologist. Or this is a patient who never complains and she has these horrible headaches and we go back and look at something and, you know, maybe there is a little edema here or in that setting, we're much better doctors. And so I think if we can start pulling in bundled surgery, but surgeons who are willing to work with the primary care doctors and make sure that that it's even indicated before the patient gets transported across the country, you know, for a center of excellence. If we're getting on the phone or on Zoom with the surgeon and looking at the MRI in advance, all that is the way I think really maybe the other silver lining of COVID is that is Zoom and this way that we can possibly pull doctors and patients back together and provide better care. I think you're right. I think there will be lots of silver linings, but certainly the ability to connect and collaborate using technology is hopefully one of those. You know, I will tell you, it feels like every day is just a lot of Zoom and WebEx and Microsoft Teams. And I think everyone's craving for more uh, social human interaction. But I think the way we work has fundamentally changed and it will, I I don't think it's going away. I agree. Okay. So Kristen, how can people interested in your product and service get in touch with you? We have a web chat on our website, www.greenimaging.net. Or my email address is drdickerson at greenimaging.net. And that's probably the best way to reach us. Okay, great. Well, I think this has been a great discussion. So on behalf of our listeners and myself, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us. Absolutely. Take care. Thanks for having me. All right, you bet. To our listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Reconstructing Healthcare. And with that, we'll sign off wherever you're at. We hope you have a great day and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Reconstructing Healthcare. For those interested in continuing the conversation, please visit us at www.reconstructinghealthcare.com where you can access the show notes for this episode and links to Green Imaging's website and contact information. Lastly, we welcome your feedback on the content we're bringing to you on the show. Let us know what you think with a review or drop us a note and let us know if there's someone you think would be a good guest on the show. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Reconstructing Healthcare podcast.